The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages zero to eight. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood experts, Rachel Robertson and Claire Goss, and make the most out of every chance to teach play and love. One of the key ways we can help our children grow in life is to let them fail. While it can be difficult as a parent to see your children struggle, we know we won't always be by their side to help when things get tough. Developing a child's resilience can help them prepare to tackle future challenges. We want them to have the confidence to handle anything life throws their way. Join Rachel and Claire as they discuss why it's important to let your children experience failure and strategies to help them build a growth mindset that will last them for life. Hey Claire, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm really good, especially because we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. And I think I say that a lot, but I also do love all the topics related to child development. But this one, this one for sure is one of my favorite topics because as a a parent, I had to really work on it and grow and work on my own skills. And as an author, I've actually written a children's book about this topic. And as an educator, I spend a lot of time on it. So it's a three in one kind of topic for me today. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to talk to you about it, though I have to say this is this is a topic I'm really interested in, but I also find it really uncomfortable because I don't like failing personally, me in the world. I've never been really comfortable with that feeling. And it's really uncomfortable to watch your children make mistakes and watch your children fail. I mean I just it's it's deeply, deeply uncomfortable, I think, for a lot of folks. Yeah. And I, I think the first thing is to tackle what you just said is, is it failing? Like what, what's yeah. our definition of failing? Not getting something right is not necessarily failing. Not being good at something is not necessarily failing. We could, we could also consider it as a growth and learning process and a, a figuring out what didn't work or isn't, isn't working. Isn't there some famous Einstein quote about, I haven't failed. I've just, or made a mistake. I've just learned another way that doesn't work. Uh, If we didn't have people comfortable with failure, we would not have many science experiments or innovations in this world. So I think that's the first place to start. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not, nobody loves it. Nobody likes to make mistakes, especially if it's in front of other people. But I've interestingly had pushed myself in some new places recently. And I've realized I'm much more comfortable with being a beginner at things than I ever have in the past. And Mm. probably because I've spent so much time on this topic, but I've really recently done a couple things. I've, I've started tennis lessons and I have uh, been working on becoming bilingual in Spanish and both of them I'm not that good at, and I haven't been that real. I've been sort of freed by this idea of like, if I already knew how to do it, I wouldn't be taking lessons. So of course Mm -hmm. I'm here. Of course I'm a beginner. Um, So that's been interesting to me that I've internalized it. And of course, probably because I've spent, like I said, at the beginning, I've spent so much time on it. The title of the book I wrote is called Beginners Are Brave. And interestingly, I use that phrase a lot to people when people my kids, my friends, whoever, it just is they say like, I don't want to start a new job or I'm not going to do good at this or whatever it is. And I say it to myself too. It's a little mantra. So I'll, uh, I'll lend that to everyone at the start of this and for your kids, for yourselves, beginners are brave. It takes, it takes a little moxie and muster up some 
good confidence and, and willingness to, to try something new, but we would miss out on a lot of things if we're unwilling to fail or, or be in a learning process, be a beginner. Yeah. And we're, we'll dig into a little bit of that, but I, I was reflecting when I was thinking about today's recording about why it is, how we got into this cycle as parents of not wanting to admit when our kids are lousy at something, mm -hmm. it's not something you don't go to the playground and brag about how your child got C's on their report card. You don't say, Oh, guess what? They didn't get a, make the varsity team. Isn't like there's right. So that, that's the human nature, but also I think it does have to do with our current culture of parenting. There's um, it's very public job right yep. now to be a parent because of social media and because of increased digital communication across the board, even if you're not on social media, it still feels like you're absorbing articles and news stories and this, 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 and the other thing. And there's all these accelerated classes and club sports and all these opportunities for your child to be the very best, best, best at things. Um, and I think back to my childhood and my, my parents just had a much smaller world in a way. Like if I made honor roll, I might, might've called grandma and said, Hey grandma, right. I made honor roll, but there was no Facebook post. There was no Instagram reel. There was no big broadcasting news and the same thing with my with my mistakes and with my misses or mm -hmm. failures as they felt like at the moment though I, we will talk today about how the things that I tried and didn't get or didn't succeed at the first time maybe yeah they were maybe not failures they were just a learn part of the learning process but in that mm -hmm. moment it, it, it stings and my parents mm -hmm. didn't have to broadcast that either so it's just it is a little bit I want to just acknowledge that to be a parent right now in the 21st century is <laughs> you're, you're faced with a lot of other people's accomplishments and a lot of other people's kids accomplishments and successes so it feels kind of in your face sometimes yeah you're on you're basically parenting on display in a lot of ways and you have to have a lot of f uh, mental fortitude to not let that bother you or not have it affect you that's right that's right um i think it's really natural to feel that way yeah and and it has let led into an overinflation of everything i mean when you know back to again our examples from when we were kids or even uh you know my my, you know, my younger siblings or the next generation is like things like now we have these big elaborate events for every time a child moves to a different school and and um just things that just used to be just a natural co course of life of everything yeah. is getting this major milestone a major focus on it um, and an elaborate decor and a lot of adult focus versus what's good for the child. So just mm -hmm. reeling ourselves back from all that. And, and our goal here is to help people resist that because a lot of times it's not even good for kids in a way that because you, because we're going to help you understand like, why is this actually good? It's actually good to make mistakes and learn how to get through them, even though it's very uncomfortable sometimes. But like I said, in my own examples, but also with my kids, the more I did it, the more comfortable I got with it. And I always talk about in this podcast about how my kids are older now. And so I can see the other side and I truly can see things that I can say, oh, this is how this turned out because <laughs> we, we did this, or at least I'm going to take some credit for it. If we, uh, oh, yeah. if I can, Absolutely. I can, I, I may, I'm finding some causation, but I do, do really see some things in my children that at least I was intending to achieve through things like keeping my mouth shut when they were really struggling with something that they actually didn't need my help, even though I thought I had some really wise advice that would just help them through it. But I still <laughs> had to keep my mouth shut to let them work their way through it. So, um, you know, we, we do need to be careful. And 
of course. I mean, we celebrate the things. You could be excited. It doesn't mean you have to be quiet and you don't and you don't get to celebrate things, but really celebrate the right things. So did your child mm-hmm. try really hard? Did they make progress? Was that C and F last year? Then, then you should celebrate that C. Then that means there's progress happening and effort happening. And also all kids don't have to be good at all the things. They can, mm-hmm. you know, we're not all, no one's good at all the things or likes all, everything. So that's also okay. It's okay. We've really we're trying so hard to make kids excellent at things like it's okay to be kind of average at a lot of things and good at a few things. That's, that's okay. So we don't want to do, we also want to be careful that we're not incenting for the wrong reason, because then we can get kids who only are focused on performing and achieving a specific outcome versus trying and learning. And this research is, is happens with adults too, is that if you incent something, it suddenly becomes about the reward. So if you're going to give out stickers or money for something, then it's be, going to become about that versus the learning process. So sometimes that makes sense. Sometimes you need just a limited thing that you're just like, let's just do this. Everyone is going to get this. You know, we'll go to a certain restaurant if you just get through the day. But if you want them to learn something and grow and develop in a certain way, you want to be really careful about what what if you're gi- giving a dollar or some other sort of incentive. So this happens a lot with grades. Yeah. Right. And then the kids are doing it to achieve esteem in, in a parent's eyes or wh- whomever is celebrating them and that incentive versus the process of learning. So that can that can rob them of being a beginner. Um and, and muddling through that, these mistakes are really how kids learn about themselves. They learn what they're made of. They learn what they, they're, they build confidence. Like I can actually handle this situation. It might mm-hmm. feel really hard, but I can do this. If you swoop in every time, what they're learning is I can't handle this. I need yeah. rescue every time. And so we don't want kids to develop that mindset. And we also want them to become kind of resourceful, creative problem solvers. That helps in a lot of scenarios and figuring out how to do something differently or try a different way is the best way to build your problem solving skills. So getting out of their way when it's developmentally appropriate, sometimes they do need our help, uh, Mm -hmm. but getting out of their way is actually really beneficial as hard as it is. Yeah, this is something that really shifted in my mind. And there's a wonderful book by Jessica Leahy called The Gift of Failure that I can recommend to our listeners. Um, When I read her book and started thinking about the research about motivation and also just about, you know, how does learning happen? Not just for scientists, but for all of us, right? We know that science is mostly people trying, testing things out and realizing that didn't work. Now I have to try something different. That's that's me when I learned to tie my shoes when I was six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's me. When I try to learn to ride a bike, you know, I've done that a hundred million times in my life as well. So then when I really started to think about that in terms of my own parenting, my kids are younger than yours. I've got high schooler, a middle schooler, and an elementary age child right now. And the number of times a week that I, I used to, and I'm saying used to, because I really think I've gotten better about this, that I used to act as their bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. I use that phrase a lot. I would just wrap myself around. I would deflect problems for them. I would rescue them from things. And I really had to take a hard look in the mirror and think, am I doing that because I'm saving them from embarrassment? Because I'm saving myself from embarrassment? Because I think that they can't handle it if something goes wrong? And what does that say about me as a parent? What does it say about them? What I think of them? And then what's happening to their confidence? What's happening to their self-concept? what's happening to their critical thinking skills. Like all these things that I know as a child development expert are so important. And here I was literally like 
blocking them from these learning experiences and these and these opportunities for growth, which is the exact opposite of what my goals are as a parent and a child development expert. So yeah, exactly. Yep. Tough. Yeah, we it's really tough. do want to think about that. It's just like, what do you want? What are the, what's the toolkit of skills that you want them to go out in the world with? Because they are going to go out there without you, as hard as that is to think about. Uh, and you want mm -hmm. them prepared and equipped to do that. And so you can either start that from the beginning in a in a in a supportive way, or you can you find out later on how they they're going to keep needing you. And sometimes that feels good. I can tell you that from having older kids when they need me, I'm like, yes, they still need me. Um, but there's, but they're mostly independent and I am, I'm very proud of that. And that helps them in their day to day. I don't want them to be dependent on, on me for the rest of their lives. And, and I know that some of this hard work I had to do, like you just said too, that you have to really be intentional as a parent. I remember times that I had to sit on my hands and just yeah. say, Rachel, do not interfere right now. And because it's really hard to do, but it does get easier the more you practice it. Yeah. And there's some like boundaries you can set with yourself. Like I'm not going to drive the clarinet to the middle school. If he forgot the clarinet, then he's going to have to go to his band teacher and say, I forgot my clarinet. Mm -hmm. So I can't practice mm -hmm. today. And that's a consequence to forget, right? I don't have to rescue him from that. It's a little uncomfortable. There's no danger. I always say, is, is this dangerous or destructive? If the answer is no, then I really don't need to get involved. Okay. No one's in danger. No one, nothing destructive is going to happen. Yeah. That's a good boundary too. And, and you can make your, like where your lines in the sand are and everyone has different ones. So one of the things I really struggle with is if my kids weren't getting a healthy, nutritious meal. So not bringing them lunch or money if they forgot it was just, I couldn't do it because that was just, to me, that was a super important one. If they forgot their homework or book, then I'm sorry, you're going to have yeah. to figure that out. Um, so you get like, everybody can make their own right. rules about it. What makes sense, but just, just yeah. do that intentionally versus exactly. just always rushing in and uh, prevent. So instead of thinking you're solving their problems or taking care of them, you're preventing them from building the skills it takes to solve problems or overcome mistakes or setbacks. And that yes. sounds worse. You don't want to do that as a parent. You don't want to prevent your children from developing important skills. So that switch in mindset and also not, you know, not defining it as a failure will really help, should help. Doesn't mean it's easy, just helps. Yes. And another strategy that I really like, and I know we talk about it all the time between us and at our company is that idea of growth mindset mm -hmm. in terms of, okay, so now you've, you've maybe been intentional about, I'm going to stop course correcting so much. I'm going to try really hard to let them be resilient and let them be confident but then now your kid's being faced with all these uncomfortable situations. So you can still provide some coaching in those situations. If yeah, they ask of course. For it. And yeah, we, we use the terminology of scaffolding a lot where you think about mm -hmm. what a child is capable of on their own, what's pretty easy, and then wh what would be hard and where they would definitely need help and finding that middle ground for them. So you're scaffolding their skills and you're in, maybe you're asking some questions. Maybe you're saying, would you like some ideas? Maybe we can map out a couple things that you can choose from. What feels the best to you? What What have you seen? What has worked in the past? What have you seen others do? So prompting their thinking, not just saying you're on your own, um, but figuring mm -hmm. out a way somewhere in there. And of course, younger kids are going to need more help. Maybe you have some mindfulness techniques that you use 
which we always recommend and have some podcasts on too, but mindfulness techniques that helps them calm down and think, think yep. through a strategy and try something new. Um, you can have choice cards that you've thought through already. Like this isn't going to work, but what about one of these choices? And, and all of that does build a growth mindset because it helps yes, people yes. think I can do this. I don't know today what the answer is and I'm not good at it right now, but I can do it. Growth mindset is really believing you can change and evolve that you would add the answer, the word yet on the end of a sentence is I can't, I'm not good at tennis yet. Yes. So that's a, like, if you can build that belief system in yourself and your children, that will help with all sorts of things. So you don't have to have a growth mindset lesson per se, but just this, just build <laughs> growth mindset. And the, you know, there's other books we could recommend too. I love that one you already said, but there's, there's a, a pretty um, eye-opening one by Madeline Levine called the price of privilege. And that is a lot about like, if you're getting too much, it gets in the way of developing who you are and your concept and and confidence. And then Angela Duckworth has a great book on grit. And that's really yeah. the, wherewithal, the wherewithal and the fortitude to be able to overcome things in personal life and school and whatever it may be, future work. Mm -hmm. um, so all of these books have this same sort of message as it is, it is good as a parent to think about long-term, what skills yeah. do you want your children to have? And one of the ways to get there is to let them learn how to overcome mistakes and, oh, and setbacks, things that they don't want. And, and it hurts more, I think, when you're you're talking about some of your examples. It hurts more if it's something that really matters to you, too. If you had your heart set on being, a, you see yourself as a theater person, and you have all these visions of it, and then you don't get in the play. And this, this really happens. You mentioned youth sports. This really happens in this culture of youth sports we have now in this yeah. country. So competitive. And it's hard for a child to just to like to play a sport but not yeah. be fantastic at it. There's so mm -hmm. much reinforcement of you're no good because of the competition. And, and we should all be careful about that. And my, both my kids were engaged in youth sports and there was real, real pluses and real minuses that I, as a parent had to, was yeah. could get pretty uncomfortable with and also had to run interference. Um, but th that's just a, a good example. And, and we all have to, you know, not get sucked into it, be, be, be stewards of what's good for our kids in these situations. Yeah. And, and of course we are fighting the general cultural standards here, right? It's, it's very yes. unusual for my son is 12 years old for any of his, he or any of his peers to start a new activity in seventh grade because I, and I've heard him and his friends say this, well, it's too late. For me to start playing lacrosse. I mean, that's crazy. And it's because you've already, then you, the expectation that you'd already be like proficient at it at, when you're still a child, it's just, it's, it's astounding. And that, and it's that lack of growth mindset. Right. So I always say so to my son and his friends, well, of course you'd be lousy at lacrosse when you first start, you know, like, you know, you're not going to be great at it. No, you're not going to walk on and be like the star the second day of practice. Mm -hmm. But if you think it looks fun and you enjoy like, you know, tossing the ball in the backyard and against the garage and you're interested, like, you know, you're not good at it yet. There's that word yet again. I use that all yeah. the time. One of my kids' mm -hmm. teachers had a giant yet poster on top of her whiteboard mm -hmm. in her elementary mm -hmm. school classroom just to continuously remind her students, just because something is challenging, just because you've made a mistake, it doesn't mean that they, the day is a wreck. It doesn't mean that you're you're a terrible student and that you should just go home and cry. It's, it's just, you do, you don't understand these multiplication tables yet. Yeah. That you're going to get there. Right. 
Yeah, and I, I'm glad you brought up that math example because I've I had a friend one time say, "Well, I don't want to be good at math, so I'm not going to say yet." And, and I'm like, "Well, that's fair because you don't. I mean, if you're not going to put that work into it, it yet isn't going to come true, and that's okay. Also, like you get to make your choices in life. You don't. I'm not good at it because I'm not going to try. Can also be part of the yeah. center. But yeah. if you're working really hard at something and you really want it, 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 it it's just such a simple. It's, I mean, there's more to the concept of growth mindset, but it's a really simple way to think about it and mm-hmm. and change the way you think of yourself. And yeah, it's it's a tragedy that kids in middle school are already going down a path where they feel. And it's and it can be somewhat true in some situations too that if they're not already proficient at a sport or a instrument or something because of the culture of all these lessons and all this tutoring and all this investing in getting kids to be excellent at something that you can't just do it because you love it and that that's on you know all of us collectively that we've caused this and we can all collectively do something about it. Yeah, I think. Um... One of my other favorite strategies is um, to model mediocrity for my kids. And that's a word my kids are familiar with. Like, I'm mediocre at this. I'm average. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay at that, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a, one of my kids really, really wanted to try a new sport a few years ago, and he was just too scared. So the previous season, it was winter in New England. I did not grow up in a wintry place. I do, I do not know how to ski. But I'm in New England, and my kids have been skiing since they were little, their friends ski. Everyone here skis and part of the culture. Great. But I don't know how to do it. And I have resisted for many years. And I've said things aloud in front of my children, like I'm bad at that. I can't do that. And I, this is again, before I was intentional about these kinds of things. So I went out and I pulled some money together and I signed up for six ski lessons during the day on my lunch hour. (laughs) And I told my family, I said, this is happening. And they were shocked and awed. And I said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a beginner, right? I'm going to go try something new. And I showed them video. I, I had my instructor take videos of me specifically <laughs> so that I could share my progress or kind of lack of progress for the first few weeks. A lot of videos of me falling down, definitely had some tears and I did not quit. Right. I just kept going back. I kept going back and it was very intentional. Like it wasn't actually my favorite thing to do. But I had the time and I had the money and this was a great opportunity for me to show my kids this is just something I'm okay at. And I'm and by the end I actually really did kind of find it kind of fun. <laughs> and I was honest with them about that too. I said this wasn't very fun in the beginning. Yeah. I had to decide every Wednesday to go back. <laughs> I know again. that's how I feel about a little about tennis too. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna just okay, okay, <laughs> we're doing this, we're doing this. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Keep, keep, keep trying. It's, it, it's, it is an uncomfortable feeling to be kind of lousy, but then when you start to realize you're improving, my, my confidence went through the roof and the last, and it's, you know, it sounds cliche, but like that last lesson that I had, I did make it down the bunny slope without falling. I almost ran someone over at the bottom, but I did not fall <laughs> down. So it was a success and my yeah, kids were so proud of me. And I, I, I still have the video saved in my phone. And sometimes if I'm feeling uncoordinated or like, you know, having a low day, sometimes I'll be like, Oh, you know what I need? I need to watch that video of me really awkwardly skiing down the bunny slope. Yeah. I <laughs> think I, Claire, I love this story because it's also about defining what, what is valuable. And so that mm-hmm. like, you're not going to be when we, te- 
tell kids accidentally or on purpose that the only value of something is if you're at the top. If you did you get more than a 4.0? Did you are you the top on the team? Have you earned a trophy, not a participation trophy, but like a real mm-hmm. you're top of something, you've got a scholarship. If that's the only way they think that they're successful, they're that's going to be challenging for them long term and that puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on them. If success is about finding joy in things and trying new things and building tenacity and perseverance and the ability to receive feedback and adapt and modify, just think of the real world that they're going to grow up in in college and in a professional experience that having to be the best at everything is not going to serve them well in that situation. Mm -hmm. but I, I, one thing, someone challenged me on this once, and so I want to I be clear about it, is having this tenacity and perseverance and the ability to get feedback, maybe from a supervisor or peers, and, and incorporate that and grow from that and make progress is going to actually help people be better at things than if they're just focused on excellence only, because they get real, people can get really narrow about what they're willing to try and do because they'll just want to do the things that they have that high level of praise for, and it's much more stressful and destructive. So someone, when, someone once asked me, a parent once asked me, well, I want my child to be excellent. I don't want them to be mediocre. And if I'm only focusing on getting over mistakes and growth mindset, and I don't want them to just come to me and say, well, I tried. And so, the, so that's not the message. The, well, I tried, and here's what I can do next time to be stronger, better, overcome, that's the mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. And they'll build those skills and then they will thrive and excel at things, things that you don't even know they're going to be good at yet because they're going to pave their way. They're going to tell you. I had uh, my older daughter, we worked a lot on independence and, I, and I've and i worked and had a job where I travel. So my kids sort of naturally built some independent skills through that too. And yeah. I remember when she was in high school, I said something about making her breakfast and she said, I don't, I don't need you to do that. I'm, I'm okay on my own. And I said, um, why? No, I'll make you breakfast. And she said, well, what do you think? We've all learned how to take care of ourselves because when you're traveling and I'm like, <laughs> okay, hang on. This is the deal. When I'm home, you need me. <laughs> but when I'm, <laughs> when I'm gone, you can be independent, but truly when she went off to college, she had very little challenge learning how to take care of herself like that. And because we did value the independence and autonomy versus dependence. And it was, it it has served her well. She has done really well in college and adulthood as functioning independently. And I certainly help her and love to help her. And when she asks me, I'm right there now because it's such a gift to me when we can connect like that. But I know she's not dependent on me. And that was the goal. That is absolutely the goal. You're setting them up for success so they can make, make, make mistakes and fail, test things out. What do you, you always say, Rachel? You got to let kids see what they're made of. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, we don't, none of us would know if we don't get to try things out, what we're made of. Who are we? Who, and, and they're all individual people. We don't get to decide exactly who they are as parents, even though we might want to. They will tell us who they are and we are there. We're along for the ride and it's a real exciting and joyful one. And we can take a little bit of the stress and pressure off if we support their learning through mistakes and perseverance and trying and trying again versus worrying about getting everything perfect and worrying about what it looks like to other people and know with confidence that the growth and the progress is what we want to focus on as parents. As Rachel's book title declares, beginners are brave. Allowing our children to make mistakes and even fail is very beneficial to their growth and development. 
While our parental instinct is to immediately jump in and fix everything for our children, tough situations provide learning experiences that will give them the confidence and resilience to approach any challenge in life. For more expert guidance on early childhood development, check out our family resources at brighthorizons.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach, Play, Love. And discover parenting as the joy it was meant to be.